The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. From that time on, after Peter confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this day, for your presence with us, and for grace to hear your voice in our lives. May our obedience in listening and living bring glory to you. This is our prayer. Amen. I'm going to invite you to imagine with me for a few moments. Imagine sitting with your physician in their office and receiving the news that according to your biopsy results, you have stage four cancer. The only other part of that conversation you can recall is that you have only a one and 10 chance of surviving through the year. This is what happened just a few years ago when at age 35, Kate Bowler, a wife, a mother, a historian, a scholar, and Duke University professor received that very difficult news. Kate wrestled with her diagnosis, her aspirations, and her faith 
as she worked hard to survive and to come to terms with one limitation of our culture that promises anything is possible. This same culture promotes being happy and positive to the detriment of people willing to be vulnerable enough to admit they need help or give voice to how hard life really is. As she received treatment, among the things she came to realize is that she could not fight this alone. She needed many things from other people. In addition to her medical treatment, she needed emotional support, financial support, and physical care when she was too sick to care for herself. She also realized in the midst of this dismal situation that she needed ordinary acts of compassion that could carry her through as she faced the reality of just how harsh life can be. Eventually, she began to see small everyday acts of kindness all around her and everywhere she went. She found herself repeating, life is so beautiful. Life is so hard. And that it was true for everyone. If you have never heard her story or are not acquainted with her writing, you can find her. She is a cancer survivor at katebowler.com. If you would like to see the artwork in color that is our bulletin cover, you can find that part of her story on YouTube. And once you access the YouTube website, search for Kate Bowler, Life is Beautiful. This morning, I would like to use her quote, life is so beautiful and life is so hard as a springboard because I would say that based on the gospel text that we heard this morning, that being a follower of Christ is so beautiful and is so hard. Peter illustrated this for us. Last week, Peter acknowledged that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and Jesus blessed him and gave him the keys to the kingdom. But today, Peter plays his hand and it isn't a good one. Last week, he said the right words, but today we hear and see that he does not fully comprehend or get the meaning of who Jesus really is. Peter was looking for a Messiah that would conquer the Roman Empire with power and authority 
not with sacrifice and suffering and death. This was such a startling revelation. He did not even hear the best part of what Jesus said, and that was on the third day, he would be raised. Maybe even more startling was when Jesus called Peter out and told him he was a hindrance, a stumbling block, that Peter was setting his mind on human ways and not on divine ways. Sometimes I wonder when it occurred to the disciples that there was more to their call than watching Jesus teach and preach and heal. The next words Jesus spoke were so important that they are recorded in all three Gospels, twice in Matthew, once in Mark, and once in Luke. Take time this week to look them up. Jesus told them that if they were going to be his disciples, they had to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him. In the eyes of the disciples, this is really getting serious. Deny themselves, take up their cross, if you want to save your life, you must lose it. Losing your life for Jesus' sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. People who followed Jesus in that time faced persecution and death on crosses. The Roman authorities would force prisoners to carry their own cross to where the execution would take place as a sign of submission to Rome's power. No one expected a suffering and dying Messiah would deliver them from Roman oppression, but that was what Jesus was teaching. Jesus used those images to describe the ultimate submission required of his followers. Now let's fast forward to the 21st century where we hear Jesus' words very differently. When we apply the words deny self to our lives, our minds immediately think of denying our desires because we often hear this verse during the Lenten season. We think that we must choose to focus on Christ and not pay attention to ourselves. But Jesus is not against pleasure, nor is he implying that we should seek pain needlessly. Jesus was describing the effort it would take to follow him every moment of every day even when life gets hard. Denying oneself means giving total allegiance to God 
and that the concerns of God, the desires of God, the love of God are of primary and of utmost importance that will guide our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Denying oneself means putting aside selfish ambition and control and keeping our priorities in harmony with what Jesus taught. When we begin to think of dying to self as loving God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul, and loving our neighbors as ourselves, it means that denying ourselves will also show up in how we treat others, of responding differently than our human tendency would have us to respond, of seeking the good of others before looking out for ourselves, seeking to understand the other person before attempting to be heard or to be understood, of taking our focus off of our needs, our disappointment, our anger, or our desires and considering the other person first. And what does taking up one's cross really mean for us? It means we are to live in a way that responds differently than the way people of the world respond. It means being willing to publicly identify with Jesus, willing to experience opposition, willing to face suffering and even death. However, it does not mean being silent or passive about injustice or, or abuse. You heard as Rosemary read how the Apostle Paul describes how we should act and to respond to others. I challenge you to tear that page out of your bulletin when you get home and tape it on your refrigerator or tape it on your mirror as a reminder of what it takes to be a follower of Christ. But the beautiful part of being a follower of Christ is that we do not have to figure this out or endure the hard parts of life on our own. For it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that we receive God's grace and mercy to even become slightly close to what we just heard. Suffering, dying, and rising is the way of salvation. In our baptism by water and God's word, we are joined to Jesus 
to all of him, including the parts that we want to overlook, such as his suffering and death on the cross. We want to avoid the parts and ignore the way that he lived his life with people on the margins, the difficult things he taught that would stretch us to act and to speak according to his will and not ours. And let us not forget Jesus' resurrection that shows us that his life, his love, and his sacrifice will forever prevail. Marked with the cross of Christ and sealed by the Spirit, we receive our new identity as followers of Jesus. We receive this Holy Spirit that will sustain us in God's grace as we continually grow into our baptismal identity that comes to us in faith. Being a follower of Jesus invites us to follow his ways as best we can, living lives shaped by love and forgiveness and our actions shaped by compassion and the hope that Christ brings. Life becomes hard for everyone at some point. If we are to understand God, it must not only be through the things that are good, but also through the things we endure or the things that we do not understand. Being a follower of Christ is dying and rising. It is denying oneself and confessing Christ. It is losing in order to win and dying in order to live. Jesus never promised that following him would be easy, convenient, or comfortable. And there is no promise that if we follow him, we will be exempt from vulnerability, hardship, or suffering, because we are not. Madeline Lingle, one of the most beloved American authors of the 20th century, wrote most eloquently, God doesn't stop the bad things from happening. That's never part of the promise. The promise is Jesus' words. I am with you. I am with you now until the end of time. So friends, our call to discipleship involves sacrifice, dying to self, taking up our cross just as Jesus did. Our minds are to be set on the ways of God not on human or worldly ways. That was the kind of discipleship Jesus was calling people to then, and it is the kind of discipleship he calls us to today. May we be faithful to heed Jesus' call.
Would you pray with me, please? Bidden or unbidden, God, you are present in all things, at all times, and in all places. When we are overcome with loneliness, you hear our cries. When we fail to see your goodness in creation, you surprise us with a rainbow or a songbird or a super blue moon or the smell of a freshly mowed lawn. When we feel distant and cut off from you, you show us your presence in places we least expect. When we are tempted, that's when we need your constant help. When our souls are desolate, fill our emptiness with your light. Whatever it is that we experience in life, help us to cling to the promise that Christ is with us, holding us, sharing our sorrows, encouraging us, and promising us the strength to endure. Then, help us to comfort others with the comfort we have received from you, O Lord. This is our prayer offered in the strong and powerful name of Jesus and his teachings. Amen.